0: On today's episode of the Fascinating Below Average Podcast, we have Kyle Cassidy. Kyle's a 2014 grad from the United States Air Force Academy. He played lacrosse for all four years, and he's currently a B2 pilot. Kyle joined us for a really awesome interview where he discussed his path to USAFA, some perspectives about his time at USAFA, and then he also tells us a little bit about what he does now. Uh, We really appreciate him for being a good sport and coming on the podcast, and we really hope you enjoy this interview. So
1: yeah, I can be a pilot at the Air Force Academy, I can be anything.
0: Army and Navy, play for second. That's a long, big, beautiful
1: blue line. You have some grit, you have some perseverance. I'll tell you what, you can do it now all areas of life. That's just the way you gotta compete. Welcome to Thin Air.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, we're really excited to bring you for our, our second installment of interviews on the FNBA podcast. We have Kyle Cassidy, uh, 2014 grad. Good to have you. Hey, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, first question I have for you It's going to be a tough one. Uh, O-H? OH? I O. There oh. we go. <laughs> uh, so, I know I said it in the bio, but Kyle is originally from you're from the Columbus area.
2: Yeah, yeah. suburbs of Columbus, Upper Arlington.
0: Okay, yeah, big uh, Ohio State fans, so if there's any Michigan people out there, I don't know exactly what to tell you. Upper, Upper Arlington, that's
1: the Windy City.
2: The Windy City, the Big Apple, whatever you, yep. as you guys are calling it. Sunshine
1: State, it's all wrapped in one.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess let's just kind of start from the beginning of what we'll talk about. Like right now is a pretty cool time because this is going to be the last episode. Uh, that the class of 2022 will hear before they go into basic training. Um, you yeah. want to tell us like basically like when you first heard about the academy and like what was, did you hear about it for like lacrosse, academics, what was it?
2: Yeah, so I actually uh, got pretty lucky. I was playing lacrosse uh, in high school and uh, for the recruiting for lacrosse, it's pretty much all done in the summer. And I just uh, signed up for a camp and my coach happened to be the assistant coach air force lacrosse coach at the time. And, uh, I kind of got to know him throughout the week and pretty much at the end of the trip, I was like, I just walked up to him. I was like, Hey coach, any chance I can come play for you at air force? And, uh, he's like, thought I was kidding, but he's like, yeah, dude. Like, uh, he's like, have you ever been arrested before? Like, <laughs> what? I was like, no, I've never been arrested. And then he's like, all right, cool. He's like, yeah, uh, I'll talk to you on the phone like this week and uh, we'll start the application process. So, yeah, I don't, crazy. Know, I don't know what my first uh, impression I gave him was to have him to ask me that question. But, uh, but yeah, it all worked out. So I pretty much just uh, applied uh, the summer going into my uh, senior year of high school and had to start doing the application, uh, taking the tests. And then, yeah, and then from there, it was just finishing out senior year. And that's that's
1: crazy that it went down that way because I feel like, no other recruiting stories. It just like you go up to the coach and ask if you can play there, and then you gotta you gotta love how he sets the bar that
2: low. That's just like, have you been arrested? <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> right, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on, on second thought, I should have wondered why it was so easy to you know give me a chance.
0: Well, my question then is like, what you should have just said yes, just to see what he said. Like, all right, we'll get a lawyer on that. Like, we'll
1: <laughs> see how bad he wants to. Yeah, make him work for it. Uh,
0: so, did you have did you have any understanding of the military? I know there's people out there who like that, especially a lot of people who get blue chipped in, they either have no experience with the military or don't really know what to expect. Did you have any family members or anything like that?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I don't want to come off as like I, I like didn't know anything about the Air Force. Like I had a lot of cousins that went to the Naval Academy and they were kind of my role models growing up. So I always actually wanted to go to an academy um, and then the whole getting recruited by Air Force worked out in my favor. So um, no family in the military, but, uh, I saw my high school, a big lacrosse high school. And, uh, one of the guys a year above me ended up going to army to go play. And another guy, uh, went to Naval Academy. So, uh, I was the first, actually the second one from my high school to go to air force. There was a guy who was two years above me. So it was kind of like, um, it, the door was definitely open and it, I was able, I was exposed to it at a, probably my sophomore junior year of high school able to talk to those guys and those were kind of my role models in high school it seemed like they had uh, their head on their shoulders and they knew kind of like what they wanted for their future and that's really uh, when I started taking a look at going to an academy
0: okay so there was never like a moment I, I feel like there's definitely moments where some people go through basic and they're like this is not what I was told was going to happen I was going to told that I'm like an athlete and I'm just going to be you know pushed to the side and that's going to be until school starts. So it's good to hear that you got some of that kind of going. Uh, was there anything that when you did get there, you were like, oh, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be? Definitely, man.
2: I I remember it was the first or second day of basic training and you're just like looking at yourself in the mirror, your head completely shaved and you like aren't able to look around or talk to anyone. And I was Literally just looking at myself in the mirror, just being like, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Definitely uh, a heart-to-heart I had with myself. But you looked around; everyone else was doing the same thing you were doing. So you kind of just pushed through day to day. And yeah and
1: did that's... did you uh, did you know any of the lacrosse guys before you went into basic training training that maybe either made it easier or at least like or did you know anyone I guess before you went into basic training?
2: No, so. Well, so I knew the one guy who went to my high school who was on the lacrosse team, but I didn't see him at all during basic training. And I feel like my experience uh, during basic training, probably a lot of the lacrosse recruits that year, uh, experience was pretty rough because, like, the history of the lacrosse program, uh, there was a bunch of guys that had just gotten – kicked off the team for or they had, had left the school um for multiple different reasons so so pretty much our reputation was at an all-time low uh during my freshman year so it was really just like everyone seemed like had something to say bad ab- about us so uh, it didn't really help for uh, going into basic training at that point
1: <laughs> so not not only are you a basic and basic training but you're like the lowest of low and the size of the cadre.
2: So, yeah, I'm a lacrosse recruit at basic training. they didn't like us very much.
0: Well, that's it's but actually interesting that you kind of say that, and that, that kind of I want to segue a little bit into your actual lacrosse career while you're at the academy. Um, so yeah, you get you basically came in when a lot of people were kicked off, and it was a rebuilding year. Um, so I think a lot of the younger guys had to step up, and you guys had some pretty impressive successes, uh, especially in your junior and senior year. What was that like? Do you think that kind of, you know, helped you a little bit, you know, become either a better player or kind of a better leader uh, just by having to step
2: up at a younger age? For sure. I think it helped out. uh, I think the lacrosse, like playing a sport at the academy was really beneficial and having like a really tight crew of friends to to go through the academy experience. I know if you're not playing a sport, you're, I mean, you have all your buddies in the squadron or or, you know, whatever sport you play or whatever, you, whatever club you're in at the academy. But uh, for lacrosse team, I mean, we were really close. And my class was – we had about 15 of us graduate together. And, yeah, we were playing uh, all from a young age, like from freshman year on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely paid dividends towards the end of our career. And I think that's really the reason why a lot of my friends, and especially me, like were able to stick it out. And I actually – love my lacrosse experience, love my academy experience, uh, you know, for the most part um, through just like the friends I've made. And I still stay in touch with all those guys. So, yeah, lacrosse was was a great experience overall. I think what a lot of people don't realize, you know, people, athletes,
1: non-athletes, everybody gets their own experience out of the academy. But I think what a lot of people who aren't on the field, Kind of don't see is what you were doing probably as a freshman and a sophomore was stepping into a leadership role and like taking more responsibility on than you know a lot of seniors at the academy that weren't necessarily on teams or even ones that were and it's just like gives you that kind of something that you can't emulate up on the hill no matter how many training sessions you do
2: it's kind of the biggest biggest yeah. kind of thing I think is the takeaway from being on one of those teams yeah for sure and I, I think that that gets uh you know kicked under the rug a little bit people like I think some like AOCs or your AMTs, they just kind of see you as the guy who barely shows his face in the squadron, but it's because we're committed to going down to, to for four hours of practice and whatever else we're doing, lifting weights, and all of our training session type leadership uh, activities are all done on the field, which uh, is not seen for the the person who's not playing the sport or you know who. Who has a leadership role in the in the squadron? Who is committed to that? Well, I've dedicated just as much time to my to my team as I have that you've dedicated to the squadron. So, I mean, I think we it's kind of two different worlds uh, in that perspective. But I think everyone gets a little bit uh, different leadership out of whatever they're doing at the academy.
0: I think there's like a little bit of, a of that as well because it's you know if you kind of think about it you're going to have to deal with difficult people when you're on active duty and things like that. And having the AOC the errant AOC or AMT or even peer who kind of looked at you and is like, oh, you know, they're not doing what I'm doing so that, you know, they're kind of like scumbags or whatever. You're, you know, dealing with learning to deal with that, especially when you're, you know, uh, on a team that doesn't have the best reputation. I feel like that kind of helps in the long run as well. Um, but also I want to. Just talk about like some of the awesome stuff. Like I said, you guys had huge accolades. You went to, I believe, the NCAA tournament. Was it once or twice?
2: Uh, We went our senior year. That was for sure a highlight. I think that was really a culmination of all four years because uh, from freshman year to senior year, we we started off pretty much at the bottom of the bottom, Uh, and every year we kind of improved. Finally, by senior year, I think it was the first time our the Air Force. Had made it to the lacrosse NCAA tournament in like 15, 20 years or something ridiculous like that. So, and then even after we left, the program really continued pushing on with what we'd built, and they made it to the tournament. I think a year or two uh, consecutively after we left. So, I mean, they they were going strong for a couple of years.
0: It's really impressive to me is how you guys did it when no one could grow out their hair so you guys had the least <laughs> flow uh aside from the other Yeah,
2: i i feel like we would have won the national championship if they would have just given us hair waivers for our senior year
0: i know if you would have came out with like a raging mullet and a nice stash like a nice like t-bar yeah
2: there's, that was really the the factor that held us back i think especially for me at I definitely had the lettuce, uh, back in high school, but I I did my best at the academy. I'm sure if anyone was in my squadron listening to this, they will remember my long flow that I attempted, but, uh, (laughs) before I get run up on by an AMT, telling me to go cut my hair.
0: Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So you graduated in 2014. Um, and then you went into pilot training. Uh, what was so? Did you basically have a, a certain time at the academy when you were like, "All right, this is what I want to do"? Or you said you were interested in going to the academy. Did you always know you wanted to fly, or was it like you were you were sort of like, "Oh, let's try this out"? Did you have any flight hours, anything like that? What was your experience like?
2: So it definitely was. So I didn't want to fly really uh, when I first got to the academy. It actually took uh, the the base ops program i went to shepherd air force base and got a t-38 ride and Mm -hmm. dude after that i was just committed to flying i was i thought it it was really a life-changing experience it was so much fun Uh, i just it really felt like uh playing a sport like you're you're preparing for a flight you uh, go and actually do the flight and then you're debriefing and it really seemed like something that i wanted to do for the rest of my life
0: that's awesome. And you, you knew you kind of wanted to fly something fast-ish or, or something a little bit deadly or what was that like?
2: Yeah, so I honestly, uh, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to fly. I think when I was at the Academy, uh, it seemed like f- flying a fighter or a uh, bomber was super high speed and was just like, oh, there's no way I, w- I would be able to do that just because I feel like uh, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to uh, some of the academics and, uh, I don't know, some of the flying stuff. But uh, but when I got to pilot training, I really started to get a feel for different career paths and kind of like you kind of find people that you're similar to or you kind of look up to and they're like, all right, what those guys fly? And, and yeah, I, I guess I'm more attracted to the competitive uh, nature of things and, and flying, trying to go 38s out of, during pilot training was – definitely, uh, what I wanted to do. I kind of set my mind to that and was able to accomplish it. I think, yeah, I
1: think that kind of happens to a lot of people that, um, I've talked to in the community where it's like, they don't necessarily set out. Like I will be an F 22 Raptor pilot. It's more so you just kind of get caught. You're in the system of pilot training. And and then as you kind of go along, you're like, I think I fit better with that side of things. Then you go one step further and you're like, all right, let me see what, you know, what airframe you know what community i think i'm gonna fit best was and then you try and go for that so i think it's funny because a lot of people we were talking about uh Kamish was talking about how he hates he hated glider ips in one of the old episodes because <laughs> really they would be like <laughs> they would be like i will be an f-35 pilot and then damn it like five years later they're <laughs> f-35 pilots so yeah, some they're, people they're can actually go
2: out and do that <laughs> Yeah, you definitely uh, recognize who those kids were in pilot training pretty quickly, just because they're they're always the sharpest. And you're like, dude, I should have gotten my PPL when I had the chance. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I should should have stayed home sixty days and and learned how to fly. But no, I, I wouldn't have given up my sixty days.
0: Well, I think what's interesting too is like just hearing you say that. It sounds like I always hear about uh, you know people who they want to know what the secret sauce is. Like what. Hey, what's going to get me into T 38s or what's going to get me a fighter? It sounds like you're basically like, there's nothing. It's just you and it's the Air Force is going to put you where you belong. Is that, you think that's an accurate statement?
2: Yeah, I would say it's definitely just, I think like you can't really outperform yourself um, through pilot training. You, you are going to be who you are. If you're good at flying, that'll show. If you're not good at flying, then that'll also show. And uh, I think if you know, the tryhards, the people who like study for hours and hours every night, it's like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, every little word in the dash one, but like, can you go and fly the jet? Like that's really the big difference. And I think that gets weeded out, um, throughout, I mean, you're flying planes for a year. So and the IPs kind of know what to look for after being most of the faves been there for two, three years, they've flown with hundreds of students. I think they know pretty quickly, um, whether or not, someone has it or doesn't right off the bat
0: yeah and so uh basically just on the timeline so after you finished up t-38s you uh did track to b2s you want to talk a little bit like about your lifestyle like what that was like going through the phase, because you don't obviously it's an insanely expensive aircraft we can't afford to basically give you a ton of hours in it what was the uh some of the stuff you were able to do if you can talk about that at all
2: sure so My, so I was a direct hire to the B2, which means I was a, uh, selected from pilot training directly to the B2, which doesn't happen too often, uh, typically because they want more experienced guys to go fly the B2, but at the same time, they'll take about three or four, um, direct hires. So you'll pretty much be walking into the B2 program as a lieutenant and what they'll do for us to give us some more seasoning and allow us to gain some more hours before we start flying to B2. We'll become a T-38 instructor. So right after pilot training, I actually went to San Antonio and got my T-38 instructor, uh, qual. So then I went to Whiteman at that point. um, And I just flew T-38s with all the B2 guys just to keep them current. So that's one of the big differences. So B2, it is so expensive to fly that we dual qual to fly the B2 and the T38. So I was pretty much just an instructor flying around, um, in the 38 with a bunch of the B2 guys. And that actually was really helpful. I racked up like, I think like 350 hours, uh, in that first year. And then some point down the line, they're like, all right, you're starting B2 training. And, uh, that's six months of IQT. They call it so intro qualification course. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then I finished that up a couple months ago, and now I'm just in the bomb squadron. Um, our typical day-to-day is uh, we'll fly the B-2 about twice a month, and that's just to keep our currencies and continue our training, and then it's pretty much just upgrade after upgrade um, at that point, and then we'll fly the T-38 about five times a month, and then for the rest of the month, we're just studying, uh, doing squadron work, and just kind of keeping the the whole boat of at that point.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to ask you a, uh, a question. You can tell me if you can't answer it. Well, and this is about the actual B2 itself. What's stealthier? A B2 or uh dually stealing the class crest?
2: Uh A B2 has never been detected or shot down, so I think I'm going to have to go with a B2. But dude, that is a... <laughs> A really tough answer. Yeah. you how like, many how many dualies have been caught stealing the crest? That's, that's the real question.
0: I don't know. See that's the thing is maybe they're even that's even stealthier. We have I classified as well, so I don't yeah.
2: know. Uh, what's uh what's stealthier? A
1: B2 or a dually taking a nerd nap on a top floor of McDermott library?
2: Oh man. I ran into a couple of dualies taking nerd naps dude. and and I, honestly if, if anyone knows me they know that I loved the nerd naps in the library and I was not very stealthy. So I had Um, to go with a B2 on that one as well.
0: Okay. What's stealthier, uh, a B2 or the first time you pee in your sink when you think your roommates don't know you're doing it during basic?
2: Oh man, these are good. Uh, I, I think when I was in basic training, my, that was my first intro to the, the sink piss was, uh, it wasn't even like forewarned. It this dude just started letting it go. So I was like, All right, "Well, we'll see." Hey, he was just he long. was just opening the floodgates. I was he, just he, really just. It was it was awesome you. because he he not only just started letting it flow, but he like he kind of looked back over his shoulder and just gave me the half smile as like seeing how I was going to react to it. Uh, awesome. So
0: we'll do a couple more questions. Um, what was your favorite meal at Mitch's? Everybody needs to know that. That's what we ask everybody.
2: Dude, I was hoping you'd ask me this one. So I'm a huge supporter of this meal. I would honestly go back to Mitchell Hall and pay for it. Uh, It was the spicy chicken sandwich Friday during lunchtime. People forget about that meal. I do, yeah. That was just honestly the best week or the end of the week was a Friday lunch, and I see that we get the spicy chicken sandwich. I just knew I was going right into an awesome weekend. Uh, I was gonna have. I could only eat about a sandwich and a half, so that was kind of my limit. But I always had to own up and get the, get the extra sandwich. And what was uh, what was the typical side? With. What was the typical side with that one? It was fries. I think they. Oh, they, it was like the wedge, wedge fries, the, right? Yeah, the wedge fries. I think they gave us the uh, the V eight juice for the drink. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That was that's a good cool. one, dude. I forgot about that one, honestly. We might have to. Yeah. That's up there with chicken strips for me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, chicken strips is a close too, but yeah, that spicy chicken, man, that, that was so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question.
0: Any advice you want to give to the class of 2022 as they start basic in like two days? <laughs>
2: uh, nah, I guess everyone kind of goes into it blind, so I don't really have. Any advice that would help you at this point? Just be positive. Have a good time. Good. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, I, I
1: think I the... you forgot about the final question. What's that? Favorite place to poop. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, favorite place to poop at the academy. Okay, so I, I listened to your, I listened to your uh, podcast last week when you guys had to get out I was cracking up. He said he would poop down in the the tunnel. In the tunnels, <laughs> yeah. there's no That's way. That's the most aggressive answer I've ever heard about. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about it. I so you know the the stalls um, that really big bathroom in Arnold Hall where it's, yep. uh, it's like if you're walking into Arnold Hall from the gardens, you take a left and it's kind of hidden. Like no one really goes back there and there's like 15 stalls lined up and like no one's ever in there. That so is a good I always remember I'd go there like during a, a briefing or something that like a wing briefing and I would just go in there and just sit there for like the whole entire briefing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until your legs and, fall asleep uh, and you got to call for backup.
1: Do they have service in there? <laughs> What's that? Was there service in there? Cell,
0: cell phone service. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't I don't know. I remember the whenever I didn't have uh, cell phone service, then I would always just play Minesweeper. So that was kind of my backup.
0: Awesome. Well, this interview has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for joining us. I guess you don't really have any, uh, social media stuff to plug, but, um, good luck in all of your flight and thanks for being with us.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. And, And I, I mean, I don't have any social media plugs for you guys, but, uh, if you guys have any questions that are serious questions about pilot training or whatever, just, Forward to me, and I'll try to get an answer,
0: help those guys out. Yeah, Sweet. absolutely. Yeah, you can go ahead and uh, our DMs are always open for everybody. So awesome. Well, thank you. All right. See you guys. What's going on, everybody? It's Archie as well as Kamish. What's going on, Arch?
1: How much? I'm hanging out at the beach, so kind of getting away from the world a little bit. Got a beer in one hand, uh, obviously with an FNBA koozie on it, and kind of the my view is the the ocean right now so it's pretty nice very nice
0: uh well we are recording this before we do the interview uh that goes along with this podcast so i guess preemptively let's postemptively say i hope you enjoyed that interview that was a lot of fun and hopefully it is a lot of that fun. was yeah,
1: It was very eye-opening uh, i hope you guys really gained a lot from that interview and we hope to continue, continue to do more
0: wow he or herself was an excellent interviewee thank you so much for joining our podcast and
1: He or herself uh, found himself in quite a predicament and seemed to get out of it in a nice manner.
0: Yes, excellent. And that was a great callback to the office for anyone out there. Uh, Anyways, so not too much going on in the world, but there is a lot going on in the world. One of the really cool things that had happened this weekend is we got a notification, a message from someone, if you will, about a guy named Jim Walmsley. He's a 2012 grad from USafa ran cross country. I don't know if he actually did track as well, but I, I know he did cross country. Um, and he ran in a 100 mile race through the mountains of, I believe was it California or was it somewhere in the South? I think California. Yeah. Yeah. In California. Um, and he did it in 13 and a half hours. Uh, I apologize for not nailing it exactly down, but that's just kind of like our podcast difference. Um, Incredible. That's 66 AFTs that he ran, and it's basically at an 8-minute, eight 50-second eight clip, roughly. Um, yeah,
1: it was 14 hours, 30 minutes.
0: Was it? Okay. The, well, yeah. yeah it's, just for
1: the technicality. I do
0: know it was, it was still... Like, it was somewhere around 9-minute miles for 100 miles, which is absolutely insane. I have a lot of questions, because I was trying to just wrap my mind around what that means, like what it takes to do that, and I realized I don't like doing anything. There's not a single thing that I like to do for 14 hours in a row without taking a break. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And uh, I think even more so is the fact that he broke the course record. So the little bit of research I did, uh, which for us includes just pretty much Googling it and not going past the second page, um, it looks like he qualified for it. It's a pretty high-profile race and actually smashed the course record. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, really, really cool. I mean, my biggest things. I had like a lot of questions about it because once again, just the sh- I can't wrap my head around it. Like the sheer logistics of running for that long. Like I don't even. I, I think about anything that you do for fourteen and a half hours. I don't want to do it. I don't want to drive for that long. I don't even like sleeping that long. Like nothing. I couldn't
1: even watch TV for that long.
0: That's what, and that was my exact point. The closest I could probably get is watching Falcon football. And then reruns a the Falcon football <laughs> directly after that for 14 hours. But it's it's incredible. And then my question that came out after that is I'm kind of like, well, so obviously the number one question that I have, which is just like out of my kind of dumb brain, is uh, what do you do about going to the bathroom? Do you stop and go to the bathroom, which then eats up time on the clock, meaning that you have to run faster? Or are you peeing your pants the entire time and still maintaining that that rate of speed? And so either way, it's insanely impressive. Uh, another thing that I saw is like, what do you do at the very end? Like, what is the feeling like of your body coming down after something like that? Like, I, I feel like they need to have either a foam pit or a pool at the end yeah. for you to just fall into.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, this is kind of on that same page, but we're going to quickly go into a quick audio meme based off of this. So we posted a video of it with a quick little caption just to get the word out there. And, uh, on Facebook, Anonymous basically commented saying something along the lines of, "So it's Jim, right? Is that yeah, the Jim. guy's first name?" Yeah. So Jim, you know, he's at the finish line, broke the course record. Maybe three feet before the line, he stops and walks across the finish line because he's badass and it's called swagger. And uh, one of the one of the comments was something along the line of like, chirping him because he didn't run through sprint through the finish line. And I was like. Dude, if you go out and run 100 miles and you breed the course record, I'm pretty sure you can do whatever the hell you want when you cross the finish line, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, well, and actually here's another one of those things where I'm, right now, I just thought of this, I'm trying to do, like, the dumb mental math. I guess if he was running, like, north to south, this wouldn't be an effect, but if he's running east to west, could it potentially mess up the time because he's, like, running into a different time zone kind of thing? You know what I mean? Is that, I don't know if that's a thing we need
1: well how many time zones are in california
0: i I don't even know well that's what i'm saying i'm I'm not even saying he loses an hour i'm saying even if you like run towards the sun or run away from the sun if you're staying i guess you're kind of right it's like breaking down into many time zones i don't know this might be the dumbest thought i've ever had but
1: well think about if you ran in a on like the track in a circle for 14 hours it's going to pretty much be in the same time zone the whole time. So it just depends on where the course went.
0: Yeah. Which then, it, once again, we just love making office references. You know how in the Michael Scott 5K for diabetes – or no, not for diabetes, for uh, rabies? Yeah, the he,
1: pro-am race for the cure.
0: They they run basically just five miles from their – or five kilometers from their office. Yeah, it's not a loop. Is, do you think that's what happens with this 100-mile race? <laughs> like you just end up a hundred miles away from like where you were supposed to be and it's like all right from your car thanks for just showing, like yeah. dang thanks for showing up <laughs> like that would be awful or do you like what do you you that's like a plane i would probably i would book plane tickets i would go to you the have nearest to. airport yeah um so this is like all the questions that we want answered more we did send a message to uh to Jim asking, I don't know, he has not responded up to this point, asking if he would be on the podcast, because I, this is more so for me than it is for our podcast listeners, because I just legitimately want to know all these answers to these questions, like, I, it's, it's truly just one of the most amazing feats of humans that I've ever heard of, so, uh, the bottom line, congratulations to Jim Walmsley, that's, that's awesome, I can't even imagine what's next, like, what do you, like, what do you do after that?
1: I think uh, after that, you you uh, lead a, a training mission up Eagles Peak at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. On a blue, on a
0: blue Saturday. Exactly. So. Uh, 87 times in one day. Or, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, what do you start training for? A 200-mile race? See, what, see how many miles you can knock out in three days straight kind of thing? I don't know. Um, so that's awesome. And then you wanted to talk about uh, another awesome grad. Yeah, so
1: our uh, handsome boy, Ben Garland. You guys all know him. Yep lineman for the Atlanta Falcons uh, from one Falcon team to the next Falcon team working his way up the ranks. Basically, he's just, from what we've gathered from Instagram, he's on a USO tour, so he's kind of going around to all these deployed bases and, um, you know, just kind of seeing the troops for the troops all the time uh, as the season's kind of rolling around here and, and kind of spreading some, some good stuff that way. So we just wanted to shout him out
0: for that. Just being handsome. Handsome, Ben. Yeah. Uh, cool. So let's roll into well, it's we're going to do an audio meme first. Um, I liked yours. I wanted to talk about what you were saying and your joke was pretty funny. Uh, hey, thanks. we wanted to send mail to West Point admissions to our sweet, sweet young basic cadets. Um, go hey, ahead.
1: Can I kind of go into the, yeah, 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 the yeah, backstory? That's, that's
0: what I'm saying. Go into it cause I wanted to talk. About, so I want to talk yeah, about I'm guilty.
1: I'm guilty of this as well. Everybody does it when they go to basic cause. You know, whether it's their high school sweetheart or their, their boys from the football team in high school, you want to keep in touch, you know. So everybody kind of posts their little going away thing. And I was inspired by a tweet I saw basically pretty much word for word. Um, but I'll read you the tweet that we put out there. It just said, going to boot camp for the next six weeks, won't be able to communicate with any, any, anything except letters. Here's the address. Please set, And then uh, I added in, please send all the Air Force motivation you can. And as a joke, we threw in the United States Military Academy admissions address. So, hoping, hoping all the FNBA listeners out there just send a bunch of Army hate mail to uh, USMA admissions. Yes. So, that was kind of the joke to begin
0: with. Yes, and I like that. But, I want to talk about getting mail in basic because it's... And this is... I guess we're... I just realized something. We didn't even really talk about this. This is our final, like, going into basic episode. So, if you're the class of 2022... This will be the last episode that you'll hear until you finish basic, unless you but, get Dually med- day out? Medically turned back. Yeah, unless you spend Dually day out listening to us, or medically turned back, or uh, wake up the very next, or just don't even get off the bus and just say, hey, I'm just going to be a fan from afar. I'm not going to go through <laughs> the experience, which is awesome. And then I guess Or you because keep your parents spare phone in your room. You. Well, because your parents won't accept you, then you just take the bus down straight to uh, UCCS, and you enroll there. So that'd be perfect.
1: I think that's where the buses go. That's the end of the route, right?
0: <laughs> that's it. It's actually a big... It's a pretty big loop. <laughs> they drop
1: off all the, all the people that refuse to get off.
0: Yeah, well, first they go to Chipotle, and then, yeah, all the way down to UCCS. So, perfect. But I... Mail is one of the best... It's the best thing, probably, during basic, uh, that you can do, because it's kind of a break from stuff, and you go down there. Um, and one of the coolest things that happened... I don't know if this girl... Uh, listens to us or follows or anything like that, but when I first got to my mailbox, my P.O. box, I got a postcard from someone who had just graduated who had my P.O. box, and she was in Hawaii. And that was like, the yeah, it was like the coolest thing. She was like uh, the year, or like I guess four years older than us, and I thought that was like a really cool thing, and I promised myself that I would do that for uh, whoever had my P.O. box next. And yeah, I never did it. So, But the thought was there. (laughs) by me so. spoiler alert so yeah. actually shout out to me i'll pat myself on the back for that one um and yeah and then uh, here's the other thing i don't know what exactly what it was this kind of goes back to my whole thing about how if you go to the academy and you live on the east coast you're kind of just getting perpetually screwed by various things the whole time whether it's like plane flights or whatever Airplane and tolerance. we're never
1: gonna let we're never gonna let the listeners forget that. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're
0: we're still scarred. Yeah, there's a bunch of Texas kids that are like, oh, what is this guy? The I'm people from about?
1: Castle the, the cadets from Castle Rock that complain I, you just have no place. Yeah, you know, to do that. So yeah, uh,
0: but the, my mail took like an extra few days to get there, and so um, I thought that my parents and my girlfriend didn't care about me. So I was like, okay, well, that's awesome. And so I was like really sad for a few days, and then I got a bunch of letters like later on not to brag um but how was what was let me just let you riff on it for a second what was your experience with mail did you you get the same like I wrote a letter every single day I know there were some kids who didn't care that much but I wrote a letter every single day
1: I don't know if I wrote a letter every single day but it definitely was a big deal you know it's kind of like your release from from the basic world you know the funniest thing with the mail for me is obviously my mom kept Every letter that I sent, and every letter, I don't know. If, I think I kept most letters she sent, but big picture after it's like one of those things where when you're going through it, it seems like the end of the world and there could be nothing worse. Yeah. And then I remember when I was home, maybe Christmas break or something freshman year, and I literally wanted to burn the letters I sent to her <laughs> because I was just like, this kid was such a loser, like talking about this stuff. Well, I was just going to you know, say, that. complaining about peeing in his sink and drinking or eating cough drops for candy.
0: See, I went to the prep school and so I remember on the prep school at the prep school though, I wrote a letter on like day 2 and got a letter on like day 4 and my letter on day 2 was like dear mom and dad, war is hell. And I just like <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this whole thing about how I'm a changed man, all this other stuff. And then day 4 I get a letter back like we're so proud of you becoming and then I realized like Oh, that hasn't even been a week. And and that was so brutal. But then when I went to basic up on the hill, the thing is, is like if you're a preppy or if you're a prior, I don't know how it was for, like I can only speak to my own experience. You see through the nonsense of it. Like you kind of see through like how it's just, they're just messing with you really, really quickly. And then it just gets super depressing because you're like, I have to do this for six weeks. And that's just like the brutal part. So then I would write letters and I was just like, this is just, I'm just so bored and I just don't like this, and everyone's yells a lot and all that kind of stuff so um, and then we I've talked about it before, but just some of the funny things that I've heard people like little things is uh I guess that they used to be able to and they kind of did this with us they used to be able the cadre would intercept your mail kind of they yeah. wouldn't necessarily, apparently they would read it, but they would do they would supposedly screen it for contraband, and the contraband is just like pictures or whatever and so um oh, it's just funny going back to basically one of my roommates i remember he had like an honor issue because his girlfriend sent him a picture like her her like senior high school class picture and he was like this is like a, an integrity thing and i don't want to get you guys for um tolerance the tolerance, clause. tolerance. <laughs> It it's <was> just like <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you kind of look back you like okay dude it's fine um <laughs> and so that was funny and then the cadre would freak out if they would see a cadet written on, and I've seen the kids because we oh, follow yeah. a bunch of 2020 yeah. tours on Twitter. The kids who have, uh, yeah, write me letters at cadet, so-and-so, uh, you're going to be you reminded that title. real quick you're a basic. <laughs> and so that was funny. And I'm just like, how how would you know? Like, why, how would my parents know that I'm basic cadet, whatever they think yeah. I'm a cadet, so... Uh, think the best
1: is like senior year; they're still saying cadet Archie, and at that point you're kind of fed up with it. You're like, just put Archie. I just need my name, okay? It's it's still gonna get here. If I put my
0: name. <laughs> it's like, are you a cadet? Like, I mean, I'm picking it up in the cadet mail room. So, was, like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are always great. And then I always heard about like funny stuff that people would send. I heard like loose chewing tobacco, like loose dip. People just send it in a just in a, in an envelope, <laughs> just mailed out to you. Like, disgusting and all dried up. Um, Yeah, so that's us talking about mail and basic. Um, Let's do Behind Enemy Lines. You said you had one for Army this week?
1: Yeah, so not a whole lot to talk about in Navy. Uh, Same thing kind of goes. Nike and their whole spiel with the the crest. Um, But Army West Point has some things worthy of talking about for Behind Enemy Lines. The first one being uh, their superintendent retired. Mm. So... Credit where credit's due, the man kinda had a you know, a pretty pretty big impact on Army for sure. And I think all of the academies as a whole, so I think it might be worth kinda at least touching on. He I think he really embraced the Cadet I don't know, they're not the Cadet Wing, the Cadet Corps over there. Yeah. And uh, people really kind of embraced him and it seems like especially with Army beating us, unfortunately, and Navy um this past year was probably a good way for him to go out so I just kind of wanted to touch on that
0: yeah I mean he was definitely just like a bad dude like he had the look and it was like he would have pictures that like he he like rode a motorcycle uh during one of their pre like pre-football game bonfires and stuff and I would try to kind of equivocate and look up like a really cool picture of General Johnson and as awesome as she was not really anything of her like riding a motorcycle or anything like that.
1: It's kinda like uh, from How I Met Your Mother, how Barney never takes a bad picture, you know? Yeah. So they've him eating, you know, chips and salsa and it would turn out with him doing like the James Bond kind of look. It was kind of the same thing it yeah. seemed like with the West Point soup.
0: Yeah. But here we go, also, you know I gotta throw a spin zone on it. So um, kinda questionable. You know, it seemed like his career was going pretty well <clears throat> as the superintendent does that not come across as a little shady that he's getting out now what does he know that's going on inside the walls of maybe Westville? uh perhaps maybe is the football team doomed to uh to losing and giving up the the commander like, maybe going like uh
1: troy calhoun messaged him a picture of his closet just full of brand new khakis and he's like wow I, yeah i can't I can't stick around for another season of the khaki don just running shop yeah. on my team.
0: Yeah, or he got a job offer as like one of our—I uh, don't know—the the new ball. He's a new Mike. The he's a Falcon new Mike man. had to take. He's a new Mike man yeah. for the Falcons. <laughs> he's, a new, he's a new Mike man. Mike man is uh, is highly. So we got
1: we got to talk about Mike man as we get closer to football season, but I don't even know if yeah, he's still well, around.
0: I think we need to be Mike man. Just run down there. <laughs> Have one of the security forces dogs take us down. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. So we got our eye on you still, General Casley. Yeah. We want to know why you did that. what your deal is?
1: <laughs> My next one. Uh, remember the about a year ago, West Point graduate on graduation day. You know, little you're supposed to put some money in your hat. So when you throw it up, all the little kids run on the field and they get two thousand dollars and eighteen cents or whatever it is. Well, he I, I believe he wrote "Communism Will Win" on the inside of his hat. You remember that yeah. guy? And he had a what's the guy's name on his T-shirt?
0: Che uh, Guevara. Yeah,
1: whoever, some guy who supported communism. Anyway. Uh, big picture, the guy was kicked out of the army this year, so why did it take you guys a year to kick him out? Does army support communism?
0: I'm going to go with a hard yes. Also, um, I'm assuming he probably put a communist symbol of like a hammer and sickle inside of his hat. Probably kind of dangerous to kids if you're throwing yeah, that that's up true. in the air. Also,
1: ironically enough, um, him writing "Communist will win on his hat and throwing it in the air, he's teaching whichever kid gets his hat the biggest lesson of democracy and free speech because you know, it's capitalism. You can put money in, you can write communist will win. It's kind of, he, he's kind of going against his own spiel there.
0: I don't know if we ever, I don't know if we were podcasting at the time that this all came out or, and I don't remember if, if it was, I don't remember if we talked about it, but that like what, I just don't get it. I don't understand the whole thing at all. And I know he was prior enlisted. Like what would make you basically commit your life to like, what What was his plans? Did he want to sabotage the army or something like it's just so bizarre to me that yeah, that's, and if like, that what he's going to do. If those
1: are his plans, <sighs> it's like uh, you didn't really do a whole lot and now everybody's on to you. So Yeah, I think
0: what it is, I think what it probably is. So the one thing that I've noticed and I don't want to get too in the weeds because this is this one can turn very political very quick. But what I've noticed is that people who are very like fringy, uh people who have like opinions that don't necessarily seem like they're Uh, like they would go along with whatever they're doing so if it's like something very radical um, like something very radical but you're in the military then there's always going to be a way for you to make money off of that so I'm sure right now he's writing some like new version of the communist manifesto and he's probably going to be like the poster child for like I'm a normal American and I'm a communist and I serve my country proudly kind of thing yeah maybe He was not a foreign cadet; know. he was American. No, you, and he was like prior enlisted. I think he was like infantry, and like like was overseas, and like was a ranger. And so, I mean, I gotta
1: don't like don't do fact check major. Us, th-
0: yeah, I, I was gonna say that I'm kind of <laughs> just dropping bombs right now. I'm positive he was a prior, but I think he was a little bit uh, he was a little bit badass. But um, well, we
1: know he's from straight from the Looney Bin, so that's all that really matters.
0: Yeah. So whatever his angle was, good luck. As long as you're not. They're hurting America I hope you achieve it, you weird kid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you strange bird you <laughs> <laughs>
1: They made us look good, so keep at it. Yeah.
0: Just weird. Uh okay, cool. Let's move on to um do a little soup. Right. Uh being that it is and I do realize we made most of our segments about like dually stuff, but we didn't even recognize that it is going to be I Day coming up in three days. Uh <sighs> Let's talk about the best parts of iDay. Um, I'll go first because I know I came up with this one. And I want to give you your time in case you need to think about it a little bit more. very thoughtful. But how about that f- that first lunch that you have? Now, the one piece of advice that I gave, I forget what the check-in times are. And obvi- I mean, it probably has. And it, I know it changes a lot. But I remember the check-in time for us was very broad. It was like 9 in the morning until like 3 in the afternoon was when you were allowed to check in. And... If anybody hasn't listened to the episode where I told you, gave you advice, check in as late as possible. There's no need for you to spend more time, like, doing Air Force stuff than you actually do. Very true. So check in as late as possible. But if you have to go to this lunch, what will happen is, is like, so I explained it that it's a weird thing. You get there, you go on the bus, and that's when they first put you at attention and they kind of teach it to you. Uh, and at that point you're kind of like, okay, I'm at attention, but you're not used to it and you gotta learn how to do it and stuff and they'll take you up and you got to do all your different things and you'll go to like get your uniforms and you'll go back to your room and then you'll go to this lunch and you basically sit down and it's really, really awkward because you're not supposed to talk and you kind of have heard about it. You know that like there's something called eating at attention, but the only people who really know how to do it is if they're priors or if they have like a brother or sister or a friend or something like that who taught them. So there's going to randomly be one or two kids who actually do that. And it's just going to be really, really weird. And so I would say that that is one of the funniest experiences and the best experiences. Cause it's basically your last meal, not at attention at Mitch's until like sophomore year kind of thing. So
1: I yeah, know, but the other weird thing with that was you weren't with your squadron yet, you know? so you're just like in a mishmash of people and you have no idea who anybody is you probably showed up like for me I showed up with a small group of people that I kind of met beforehand so you kind of want to stick together but then they start separating you slowly and slowly and you're just like "I I have no idea what's going on and I have no idea what to expect I'm sitting here in civilian clothes with no you know nobody really telling me what to do but I know I'm probably doing everything wrong
0: yeah so that was weird. Um, you want to go with your first yeah, one? Yeah, so my first one is
1: kind of might be strange, but when you get your blood drawn, and the reason being is after you get your blood drawn, you can't run for like an hour. So it kind of because they don't want you to pass out or whatever the case is. So it kind of gets you out of a little physical
0: activity for a little bit. Yeah, I'm sneaky hate needles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like bargaining with the with the nurse there. I was like, "Are you sure that I don't need the uh, that I need the Ebola vaccine?" Right. <laughs> Little Ebola never killed anybody. I'm Like, eh, actually, it did. Um,
1: my f- <laughs> I, I- my fa- I think the the greatest thing my mother's ever done for me is gotten me all the shots and vaccines I needed before I showed up to basic, because I didn't have to get a single shot, and other people were literally getting like five needles in the arms like three times oh. in
0: a row. Yeah. Well, see, that's the two things that I can't, I can't do. Like I hate needles and I hate, uh, the dentist. Like I hate going in and having, getting poked and prodded and stuff. So I, and this isn't my personality. I know I seem like boisterous on this and stuff like that, but it's not my personality to like really let people know how I feel. And I really do do that when it comes to needles and when it comes to the dentist, like I let them know, I'm like, hey, I will pass out if you give me this injection standing up. And that's what they want to do. They want to, like, draw your blood while you're standing there, and so that way you can do, like, the express line and just run all the way through. And I'm like, no, I need to sit down. And that, that always happens. And then same thing when I go to the dentist. I'm like, listen, I just want to let you know I hate being here. Like, <laughs> I need you to be gentle.
1: <laughs> Commish confirmed sneaky
0: hates needles guy. Yeah, uh, Exactly uh okay so next my favorite part is the intimidation speeches so i really don't care i'm sure we're gonna get a message from some cadre like oh it's a little secret don't give it away but um what's gonna happen is you're gonna get in and the cadre are gonna introduce themselves to you and if it's anything like how it was for us they're gonna try and give some intimidating speech where they introduce themselves and they say i will say my name once and you will correctly greet <laughs> me every single time and you're still trying to understand how the ranks work on, like, the cadet uniforms because they don't make any sense and all this stuff. And so there's going to be a guy who's like, I'm cadet technical sergeant, so-and-so, you will know my name. And they try and act really tough. And then by the time, like, the school year rolls around, you realize that they were just, like, just some normal yeah. kid from, like, <laughs> Iowa or whatever. And so that's always funny. It is,
1: that is always a good time. Am I ready for my second? All right, my yeah. s-
0: Well... I have one more thing to say on that. Uh, I still remember, if you're a cadre, uh, maybe take it a little bit easy, because I still remember the guys who were, like, upperclassmen, like, cadre, and I still hate them, so... Yeah, that's a good point. If you have no problem with that, then go ahead and be as mean as you want and as ridiculous as you want, or you could be, like, just kind of a good person and just maybe give them an experience, but don't be over the top, so go ahead, and... Wise words. I was was actually going to call someone out by name, but... That would just be the vodka
1: talking, so... Wise Wise words. Um, My second is when you're getting your uniforms, because the way they teach you to get your uniforms is nothing like the way people actually wear their uniforms. So I was taught, and, you know, maybe I'm... uh, Maybe I shouldn't say the way nobody wears uniforms, but not the way most people wear their uniforms. Basically, I was getting my ABU cap, and I was taught uh, that you're going to buy... A cylinder that you're going to put in your hat so it will stay in perfect shape. You're going to cut out some cardboard, put it in the top, and it's going to rest on the top of your head, way above your ears, uh, so you're basically doing a balancing act as you're running down the terrazzo. Uh, same thing goes to my flight cap. So basically all the hats I bought were way – I had to rebuy all the hats because they were so small, and I was like, I'm just going to wear my ABU cap like a baseball hat. I don't know. Like there's nothing There's nothing against that in the rules – I don't feel like putting cardboard on the top of it. I'm really sorry. But uh, basically, you're kind of taught, like, the perfect way to wear the uniform, not the uh, realistic way to wear the uniform.
2: Yeah.
0: You're taught, the. they give you stuff based on if you were to try to be in, like, an Air Force commercial. Yeah. If you were going to be actually doing the filming for, like, online CBTs, and you were going to be that <laughs> guy who introduces, like, cyber awareness. That's how they... Yeah, pretty much. ...ready for you. Uh. <laughs> Good.
1: So I guess that's not Um, the best part of high day. (laughs) day. That's actually kind of the worst, but.
0: It's one of the worst, but it's funny. I mean, these are the parts that are just like memorable. Like they're awesome. I don't know. I have one that's really funny, but I don't want to say. like, see, I don't even want to bury the lead right now like this and kind of do this because, but I just have a really funny story about meeting my roommate and I don't want to say it because I think he listens to our podcast, but uh, (laughs) I will give mine. The oh the last one is the existential crisis that you'll have uh, right before you fall asleep because you basically know that the next waking experience that you'll have is going to be a bunch of people screaming in your face and banging on your door and making you do stuff you don't want to do uh, so that's an awesome feeling you're going to be laying down and you're going to be pre- you're pretty tired after the yeah. first day because like your brain's fried you're like stressed out you're sleeping in a new place you don't really know anything you don't like you don't know how to game it yeah. yet. And so you kind of have this thing where you're like, is this serious? Like, I have – this is day zero. Like, tomorrow is day one. I have so much of this. Like, I'm not going to be able to do anything that I used to do. And it's just a brutal feeling. But it's so memorable and so funny.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of – and mine's kind of the same. My next one's kind of the same thing where – well, for me, I wasn't a prior – or a preppy. So I don't – you know, you kind of say you kind of saw through a lot of the bullshit that I – I didn't see through until maybe a week or two in, um, so I remember falling asleep, and you it's like the little things you don't think of. You wake up, and you're like, I have to go to the bathroom. What do I do? When It, like, it turns off your normal brain, where it's like, oh, there's a bathroom down the hall. I'm going to go to the bathroom. That's what a normal brain would say, but you resort to what seems to be the less risky option, which I'll let you fill in the blanks. What do you think that is? Yeah, pee in the sink. So it's a very, it's like probably the most memorable moment of my USAFA career. Probably goes peeing in the sink, graduation, ring dance, getting recognized. And then maybe one more to fill out the top five. But it really opens up your eyes. I think that's what they, when they talk about building leaderships of character and uh, you know, kind of that kind of thing is being able to think on your feet and be able to problem solve. And I think that's kind of the first step that most cadets make in kind of the problem solving aspect of being an officer
0: yeah um i agree i like is it so what's your last one then
1: that was a, that was my last one peeing in the sink
0: oh okay oh yeah i have to i might have i'm gonna have to cut this too sorry i'm trying to think about it um yeah awesome so i guess <laughs> farewell if you're a class of 2020 2022 yeah 2022 guy or gal and you're listening to this uh good luck it sucks there's no advice we can give you it's not gonna be that much fun uh there's one guy who i will say good luck to the cadre because there's one dude who's absolutely jacked uh who we saw on um who we saw on instagram and let me tell you these aren't popcorn muscles like this dude is huge um like just an absolute like he's a beast so uh, I can't wait to see until someone finds out who he is. I hope he wears like a like a like a golds gym style like
1: like a stringer tank
0: like, yeah to on the on the steps because that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, so good luck. do you have any advice for everybody?
1: no um I, mean, I we've heard this from multiple guests, but just don't take it too seriously every every there's an end to everything pretty much, so as long as you don't just you know go off the rails and. And make it known that you want no
0: business being there, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Alright. Um finally let's do quick minutes.
1: Yeah, so we again, we've talked about this a few times, but we've got a lot of good stuff on fastdeep So fast below and then spell average A V G dot com. Um the bottle opener shotgun hole puncher coin is really cool uh hoping to see a lot of people using that especially as we approach tailgate season and summer months things like that
0: yeah um cool i mean that's all i gotta say buy everything you want there uh let us know if there's anything we can do to make the podcast better let us know if you want to hear about any new guests anything like that and that's all we got for this week hope you enjoy see you next week you have some grit you have some
2: perseverance. i'll tell you what you can do it now all areas of life that's just the way you got to compete Welcome to Thin Air!
1: I want you to share.